How's it going? This is Ty, and this is also the Fiction and Copy Decoded podcast, and I'd like to welcome you, which of course, I always do. Here we talk about fiction, copywriting, persuasion, marketing, and several other issues. Ever since I discovered that fiction writing and copywriting do borrow from each other in quite a few different ways. So without any further ado than we've already had, let's get to it. All right. This week's episode is number 164. The post that this episode is connected to is originally titled, What an Old Style Gaming Console Taught Me About Writing, was originally posted September 10th of 2014. All right. <laughs> this actually starts with my brother. He had asked me why he always ended up with his hands inside taking apart electronics. He was the one, when we were growing up, always taking apart stuff for fun to clean them. It actually provided great training for me. Not about that. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I know some stuff, but I don't think I know as much as he does about that thing. Uh, even though this particular, what the post is about actually wasn't about a computer. Uh, my cousin had a PlayStation 2 way back. And I had a problem with a certain with a PlayStation of mine that didn't work. My cousin said he had a console that he didn't use that I could have it. So I had to get and my brother helped me out with it because he's good about that stuff. I had had the I think I had a slim where it didn't pop it didn't pop out like a disk drive because it didn't have one but it just had a door that would go up and down and you'd put the disc in and so on and so forth. Well, that broke. What had happened was, uh, what had happened to it was the, when discs were put in, you get the door down and the disc wouldn't spin unless you put weight on it. Usually in my case, that was a book or a stack of books or a jar with a book on it. Or something else where it was like, okay, this is getting to the point where like this is not sustainable. And I still, it's that's a topic for another episode, but I still do have that around somewhere. It is still broken. So anyway, I was thinking, hey, maybe with this PlayStation my cousin doesn't use, maybe I could get that running along here. So I'd ask my brother to help me out with that. That was fine. All right, so I get this thing home, and it doesn't work at all. But it's like, there's no love lost. I was prepared for that outcome because my cousin actually said he hadn't played it in a long time. So it obviously was maybe gathering dust and so on, like maybe legitimate dust. I wasn't too sure. I didn't think it was dust at that point, but it was it was likely in bad shape because things that aren't attended usually have a tendency to decay and so on. I mean, the way of, you know, science and research and all that jazz. Anyway, so I actually did a bit of research on it. There is actually a way to adjust certain things inside of PlayStation 2 without hurting yourself or blinding yourself because of a little laser in there. But you can do that, but it voids the warranty. But, I mean, at that point... That particular machine was more than five years old at least, so I don't think it was under warranty. 
So I do all this research, right? I get in touch with my brother and I realize he had already had the thing halfway apart. And he said the mo that he let me know that the motor inside it made five noises before it quit, which was, you know, progress at that point. Which reminded me of of writing. I mean, it's writing in any really any creative endeavor. This has to do with analysis, actually. And I'm gonna try to get you back to the PlayStation later. This has to do with analysis. As a creative person, if you do writing or art or anything else that you do that's creative, that other people do as well, and that you know they do it and you can look at them do it and what they do, uh, you can take things apart. Just like my brother took the PlayStation apart, you can take things apart. I think it's very difficult in some cases because it's not the same as a flathead screwdriver at the bottom of a console. But if you can keep your eyes, ears, and mind open as you read, you can uh, glean stuff. Especially, and this is really hard, especially with feelings and so on. Because writers, especially copywriters, email writers, fiction writers, sometimes even nonfiction writers, are going to write to persuade you or to get you emotionally invested in something. And it's very difficult sometimes. I think this is a good skill to develop. I don't have it developed all the way that I want to or to the extent that I want to. But to look out for when words are emotionally moving you, if you can. Is it the cadence? Is it the word choice? Is it the sentence length and so on? That's causing you to feel certain feelings. And you can take those things, those techniques, and use them for yourself. If you can, it's kind of difficult to, it's almost like having to think of yourself outside yourself. It's very uh interesting as far as that goes to think how you're feeling attempting to think about how you're feeling while you're feeling that thing but i think that's where the crux of the matter happens to be is it about sentence length or character or certain things about how conflict is handled or not handled and so on Can you see the threads drawing together? It's like, okay, some things characters quote-unquote know to be true, but that you know that their opinion is wrong. It's like, oh, why is that wrong? You know it's wrong because you know things the characters don't sometimes. If the writer has done their job, if it's a mystery and what have you. Anyway, but then it's like, okay, as the threads draw closer and closer together so that the characters can see them, can you see the threads being drawn? Sometimes, uh, a lot of times, writers try really hard to make it so that that is invisible, but you can sometimes spot it, sometimes, where it won't be obvious because then it's too obvious. That keeps readers reading. And it's also really hard, especially I was reading the legacy of the Force novels at the time. But it is really, really hard not to get caught up in something that's really cool as you're reading it. That's really hard. 
but I think that's where it's at. If you can not necessarily train yourself, but if you can expose yourself to a lot of different types of writing and such, where you can realize how and why people are trying to persuade you and what network, not what network, what framework they're using and so on and so forth. That'll really help, can really help a lot to let you know that things are going on behind the scenes that you can use for your own writing. As long as it's not a, if you can generalize it and such to where, okay, you notice that if you notice that so-and-so has blonde hair, it's like you don't want to make everyone, every character in your fiction or every viewpoint character for any copy you write have blonde hair just because. You know, that's a bit of a silly example. But you want to be aware of how writers are trying to attach you as the reader either to their opinion or to their characters and what they're doing and what kind of conflicts are going on and so forth that they're trying to use to strive to have you do that, working back in the background, running, pulling the strings, so to speak. And it is hard sometimes to know that structure or think about that structure as you're getting caught up, but if you can slow down, and it takes practice. I admit I need more practice with it as well. It does take practice, but if you can see that structure, that's something you can use in your own writing for your own characters and copy as well. And oh, by the way, despite all my brother's antics, the old gaming console still didn't work after that, unfortunately. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate you guys hanging out. To learn more about the blog this podcast is connected to, you can visit it at fictionandcopydecoded.wordpress.com. You can learn about me there. You can also learn about me at my copywriting samples website, which is tymallcopywriting.yolasite.com. Yolasite is one word. It's Y-O-L-A-S-I-T-E.com. Oh, you can support this podcast by liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing to get the word out. You can also become a monthly contributor if you'd like. For 99 cents a month, you'll get my thanks at the end of each and every episode. Well, not individually, but collectively. Uh, for $4.99 a month, I'll give you part of the show notes for that week, for that episode, and the month that you're featured. Terms apply, of course. And for $9.99 a month, I'll do a 30-second to one-minute ad for you to promote your business during the show. Again, terms apply. All right. I appreciate it once again that you took time to listen to me today, this week, this time. And we'll catch you guys next time. Have a great rest of your day.